2: guaranteed
3: good morning good morning everybody happy monday it's an extra happy monday if you are part of brandon's uh broncos bandwagon but we will get into that a little bit later in the show it is not a happy monday if you are part of his aaron Rodgers returning to the jets bandwagon because the jets did not have a good Weekend, week eleven. That is, we'll dive into all of that. Um, listen, if I sound a little hoarse today, it's because something caught wind of me and uh, been battling. Like I feel like a cold, or I don't even know what's going on. But we're gonna power through because that's what we do. Brandon, what's going on with you?
1: Listen, this weekend. Well, sorry that you're feeling that way. I see you with your tea. What? What kind of tea is that? Like,
3: this is green tea with honey.
1: So green tea with honey. You got to put some lemons in there and do all of that. Um, I'm feeling good was a little exhausted this weekend, but I treated myself to a nice meal. I believe it was Saturday night, brought over a chef, said, look, you know, I'm filling a seafood pasta. uh, Make me a a chocolate chip cookie and bring some ice cream for dessert. So I was able to sit there, had had, had a date night by myself, like at the crib.
3: You needed a a chef to make you a chocolate chip cookie with... Ice cream? No,
1: I mean, it was the whole experience, right? It was the seafood pasta first, right? Then a bottle of Mm. wine, right? And then there was the the dessert. And so it was cool. Was
3: it one cookie or several cookies?
1: I ate one cookie that night. And last night, watching uh, the game, I ate the rest. (laughs) I ain't going to tell you how many. A dozen? So 11. It was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot. I'm like, oh, this was not supposed to happen.
3: Well, but listen,
1: yes, the Broncos. You, yes, you I love what once. you said. You deemed it the Brandon Brandon's bandwagon. Broncos. Ban, what did no, you say? No, the
3: Brandon's Broncos bandwagon.
1: Brandon's Broncos bandwagon. I was the yes. first. Again, the first to to see to understand a vision, and it's all coming together, Ashley. So. You know, well, from, listen, be-
3: before we dive into the Broncos, let's dive into some Monday headlines. Uh, what do you have?
1: So, Zach Wilson, I mean, you've been calling it. You. I mean, we've been bumping heads. You've been getting really frustrated with myself and Brandon Flowers about Zach Wilson. Ashley, I didn't agree with you then, but I agree with you and Robert Sala now that it is time to bench Zach Wilson. The question is, is it for good? That is the mm-hmm. question. And then also, we must talk about the Broncos. or the Broncos for real?
3: Listen, on my end of things, uh, Najee Harris calls out the Steelers' commitment, which is crazy. We all know Mike what? Tomlin runs a really, really well-ran locker room over there in Pittsburgh. You never really question what goes on in the four walls of that locker room. Yes, they sometimes fall short, but the commitment being questioned is definitely new and that coming from a player within the organization definitely raised some eyebrows and also brandon staley you know how i feel about brandon staley but just add this to the list he snaps at a reporter we'll dive into why he did that a little bit later but first all eyes are on the new york football jets and not for a good reason the jets lost again and they are continuing to fall out of playoff contention at four and six now The offense, once again, looked awful. Only one touchdown and six points total in Buffalo, who really needed a win. Robert Sala was asked about the quarterback situation once again after the game, and he had this to say. Listen to this. How you to your decision to replace
0: Zach today? Um, 29-6. Uh, just trying to see if we can get some going on the offensive side of the ball. Who's uh, your quarterback? We're, we're going to watch the tape, and just and uh, we'll make a decision tomorrow.
1: hmm
3: All right. Mm. A little bit of a different tune than we've been hearing him saying. We've gone into several conversations, debates on this show, where I feel like Robert Sala maybe babies uh, Zach Wilson a little bit, maybe shelters him a little bit from the criticism and, and makes it a general statement. But I feel like this is the first time we've heard a little bit of a different undertone to what he said to the media. I mean, Brandon, simple question. Is it time to bench Zach Wilson? And if so for who?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, well, you have your, your you know, Tim Boyle on, you know, as the backup. He came in. He did the same thing that Zach did. Uh, so I think uh, it's just time to move on uh, to Tim. But it could potentially be like a New England Patriots type of scenario where you put Tim in and Tim, Tim is uh, stinking it up. Then you got to go to Thomas or Zach – well, not Thomas. You got to go to Zach Wilson. Go back to Zach Wilson. I don't think you look outside the locker room. I really don't. You know, I still believe that, you know, there's nobody that's out there that's going to come in and uh, get this team back on track or get this team on track and hold it down until Aaron Rodgers come back or, or doesn't. Uh, so I think you just – you ride it out. Um, but actually, when I'm looking at this, right, when I was watching this game, I'm like, all right, Zach Wilson – you would like to see a guy like this overcome uh, these challenges, you know, coaching or uh, a missed assignment here or a missed block there. Like, make a play. Like, that's what you're not right. seeing. You're not seeing Zach Wilson make a play. But then you're also looking at the run game, what's happening in a run game. Then you're also looking at the wide receivers. You got guys banged up. You got guys not getting open, but it's not really all on them, right? I'm like, damn, why aren't we talking about Daniel Hackett? Like Nathaniel Hackett should also be on the chopping block, but I'm okay. like, damn, that will never happen. Why? Because of Aaron Rodgers. It's not just about this year. It's about next year. Aaron Rodgers, he's coming back. You know, whether at the end of this year, uh, maybe it's the beginning of next year too. It could be, you know, January. Do you
3: really? Do you realistically think though? I, I in, in the intro, I said, listen, they're continuing to fall further and further out of playoff contention. Pull up their schedule right now. Yep. Do you really believe that those are? winnable games either with or without Zach Wilson out the helm winnable enough to keep them in playoff contention and to bring Aaron Rodgers back I don't
1: well here's the thing you got to fix this offense that's why I was talking about Nathaniel Hackett but they would never make a change there because that would affect their relationship with Aaron Rodgers right and then also it'll affect next year because Aaron Rodgers that's his guy Aaron Rodgers like well I just need that relationship. He Aaron Rodgers right. is the offensive coordinator. But you got the Dolphins coming up, uh, Ashley, and and, and look, you know, you know Tough I'm a game. gut guy. You know, I'm a you know, I ride, I'm loyal. Um, I don't see it happen against the Dolphins. It's in Miami. Um, then you're in Atlanta. You got three games. No, actually you're home three games in a row. The Dolphins, I don't see I don't see that happening. I see the Dolphins winning that game and the Falcons you know, that's a that's a winnable game for the Jets, depending on mm. what they what's happening at the quarterback position. The Texans are rolling right now. So these next three weeks are interesting. And then you're back in you're, you're in Miami. So um, there's a good chance with things going this way these last couple of weeks. There's a good chance that the Jets may not be where they need to be or where they want it to be come end of December.
3: What quarterback? Cha- I mean, obviously, nothing, here about no, no other- change.
1: There's nothing you can do. It's freaking week 12. What are you talking I about? I mean,
3: there are things you can do. You can go to your backup backup. Um, <laughs> you can go outside and get a vet. But I don't know how realistic that would be at this point in the game. That is a decision that, excuse me, should have been made probably four weeks ago, which is what I was calling for, which was several people were calling for. But everybody wanted to ride the wave with Zach Wilson. And, well, you rode the wave and you're riding it into out-of-playoff contention. That's
1: right. That's right. I mean, I, I just – again, I don't think that there's anyone outside the building that can get this done. with. What, what Dobbs is doing in Minnesota, and he, he did again uh, last night, um, what Dobbs is doing, it's almost impossible mm-hmm. to do, right? Like we just don't see a quarterback come in, grab the playbook, grab the ball, get under center, and within days – right execute the offense at a high level okay um so there's nobody out there i don't care. matt ryan uh, i know they said carson Wentz was calling trying to get a look with the jets you know uh kaepernick is a name that was thrown out there like really come on really really Camp cam maybe cam newton maybe my buddy cam newton
3: cam's not doing it for anything less than a certain amount he already made that very clear that's they what he said him. yeah they called him already and they offered him, I think it was the vet minimum, and he was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, but realistically, let's let's look at the bigger picture here. The issues of the offense aren't solely Zach Wilson. I think we can all agree on that, regardless of how you feel about Zach Wilson. So if and when, not if, rather, when Aaron Rodgers comes back, whenever that is, what changes need to be made to this offense so that Aaron Rodgers, now again, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson are drastically different right. quarterbacks. But... Similar situations can affect different quarterbacks regardless of how much, how further ahead on the tiers they are if we're talking offensive line, if we're talking lack of offensive weapons. So whenever Aaron Rodgers returns, what needs to be corrected about this offense to make his job easier?
1: Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, Who's your favorite quarterback, Ashley, all time? Who's your favorite quarterback? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was great and probably the best ever at just running the whole deal right line before meeting room installing the offense and then definitely on the field you know he got the 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 offense in and out of the right stuff okay that is Aaron Rodgers and his offense right he is this offense he is the offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett and whoever is their offensive coordinator outside of the relationship what what was happening in Green Bay with the head coach because that was a new that was a new philosophy, and you know it took him a year and a half to get on the same page. But this is Aaron Rodgers' offense. What happens in this offense, Aaron Rodgers get to the line of scrimmage, and he can get to 10, 12 different plays, right? So obviously there's challenges on the offensive line. You had Makai Becton go down again. Uh, the run game, I like the running backs. Uh, the wide receivers, I like their wide receivers. Is his guy. Uh, Alan Lazard's there. We know about Garrett Wilson. So I just think like a guy like Aaron Aaron Rodgers he makes everything better, right? Like even understanding the 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 challenges up front. Like he's able to tell the running back stay in slide protection or even move in the pocket uh uh better than most quarterbacks. So will they be uh electric probably not, but they'll be efficient. They'll score more touchdowns.
3: Two more questions on this. One, there has been numerous reports after the Jets' loss yesterday that Aaron Rodgers can be actively pursuing with the New York Jets Devontae Adams in the offseason. Right. What do you think that is a possibility?
1: Uh 100%. I mean, I don't I don't see why Devontae Adams would stay there. Like when you're older and this is how I felt when I got to uh like the Jets, I was like I can't wait on a, you're going to go draft a quarterback. Like, I don't know if this quarterback's gonna be good or not, right? Like, think about it. This year in the draft, they go Carolina Panthers go draft their guy. Uh, he's the number one quarterback, but then you got a CJ Stroud who's playing better. Like, you just don't know, right? And now right. You, everybody in Carolina is pissed, like, oh, we made the wrong decision. We made the wrong decision. It was like, well, did you? We? Everybody thought this was the number one guy. You know what I'm saying? So, um, if I'm Devontae Adams. I'm definitely trying to find a way to get back there with my guy because you get the best, you get you get a trifecta, you get uh, opportunity, you get you get your money, you get an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, all right, and you're back with a quarterback who knows who you are, and that's a big deal. That chemistry uh, is hard to find, so I like that. You know, Aaron Rodgers already took a pay cut for uh, uh, situations like this. Devontae Adams is going to have to leave because when I spoke to Devontae Adams. He he really he really he's really in love with the West Coast. He's really happy that, you right. know, he's he's home but not home, right? He's close enough where his family can get in the car and drive. And that's another mm. thing that you gotta take into account when, <clears throat> you know, your older athlete, right? Is like, you know, lifestyle. You know, your children. But he also wants
3: to win, and he's made that very clear.
1: Yeah, but it's like, how do you – you got to factor all that in. It's like, you know, what weighs more? So when you sit at the table, right, you're like, all right, well, I want to win. I want to get my money. You know, I want these certain things. I also, you know, like my lifestyle. Like, all of that factors in. Look at LeBron James right now. Like, if LeBron James was in his 20s, Ashley, LeBron James probably be seeking a trade. Right?
3: That's fair. I think it's a fair assessment. Right. Or maybe
1: not. Maybe not. Maybe he'll be trying to. He's just. He's just been a bad general manager. Like, cause. Cause that's an attractive place. <laughs> like, why are we trying they to build out into...
3: a new super team?
1: Right. That's right. Yeah. He's. He's definitely so if you're not Devon happy. Adams.
3: You don't. You don't take the opportunity to reconnect with Aaron Rodgers on a team that a lot of people say if Rodgers is at the quarterback position, this is a team that can go far and possibly win a Super Bowl. Remember when he got traded there. That was the whole rhetoric was that this is the time the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl. So if you're Devontae Adams, you take comfort and familiarity of being close to your family and an environment that you grew up in in some way, shape or form over the possibility to reconnect with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and possibly win a Super Bowl.
1: Right. So I think it it definitely uh, is a factor. But if I'm Devontae Adams, you know, the football stuff outweighs all the other stuff right now. Right. And that's what I would say. So to you him. you move. Yeah, I would move if I'm Devontae okay. Adams, I would move. And I'd be like, you know what? Got another three years or so, four years, whatever it is left at extremely high level. Let me go get this done. And I can always move back to Vegas. I can always move back to Cali. Right. So, um, yeah, you definitely because these opportunities don't come. I mean, you're, these opportunities are about to be gone. You know, you'll never get this opportunity again. This isn't like traditional business where you can work until you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. You know, at the in your 30s, you're right. done. You're done. So go chase it. While you're still in love with it, while you're still having fun with it, go do it. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see next year. It just sucks that, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers went down the way he did so quickly because there was a, you know, a lot of momentum, a lot of juju around this team. And so now how do you regain that back and have that type of excitement uh, going into you know next year? And you got to think about it. Other guys are going to be banged up. Other guys will be traded. Guys uh, won't be brought back because of the cap situation. So it's going to be a different team. So will this defense even still be legendary? That, that's a right. big question.
3: So then last point on this, is the Jets season right now, week 11 going into week 12? Yeah. Is it a wash?
1: Um, damn. You know I hate looking ahead at the
3: rest of their games coming up. It's not. It's not.
1: It's not pretty. It's not pretty. You know I'm. 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 I'm not optimistic anymore. You know now it's time to deal with reality. When you're sitting here at what are they four and six? If you look at the standings, they're four and six, and you got other teams that are trending in the right direction. We talked a little bit about the Broncos. Um, are they the real deal or not? The Houston Texans, <laughs> again, C.J. Stroud overcomes a few interceptions, still gets it done. You know, um, the Cleveland Browns. Who would have thought the Cleveland Browns and the young boy D.T.R. Um, would have played that way after the Deshaun Watson news? <laughs> yeah, it's it it, it it's Aww. it's tough.
3: I know. It's okay. Listen.
1: But I got the Broncos, though.
3: Yeah, I was just about to say, the Jets may have disappointed <laughs> you, but the Broncos, they win again. They're right now at five hundred, and the Brandon Broncos bandwagon i love that—is gaining steam, ladies and gentlemen. Russ is cooking. Denver beat the Vikings in a one-point win yesterday on Sunday Night Football. And RJ3, I guess, who's also a member of this bandwagon, is calling out Russ haters on Twitter, saying, quote, man, everyone who said Russell was washed has been real quiet in caps lately. Game-winning drive, making those special off-schedule throws for TDs we are used to seeing him make. Don't hide now, all caps. Make sure your apology is just as loud as your disrespect was. I mean, Brandon, we can't ignore Russell mm-hmm. Wilson playing great football, the Denver Broncos, trending in the right direction. Is he a consideration for MVP?
1: Listen, he 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 could potentially, depends on... Um... Depends on how this thing goes. And I I talked to Russ a couple of weeks ago, and I said, bro, like this is an interesting situation for you when you look at this this schedule, right? So they're on a, what, four-game winning streak. You beat the Chiefs. You beat the Bills. And then you beat the Vikings, two back-to-back primetime games. That's a big deal. And the way they won, especially the way he got it done uh, yesterday, You know, I always say most winning is quarterback through 10 years. And then also the other thing on him, when you really study Russell's uh, uh, career, he's super clutch. He's always been clutch. So if he can continue this, I can see his name being thrown in a hat. But as of right now, it's not like I'm not taking it serious. I'm being honest. He's playing phenomenal football. He really is. He's still not dangerous to me. We saw a little bit of that uh, in the fourth quarter with, with what RG3 was saying those off schedule plays and, you know, just getting outside of the pocket and creating. But I still need to see him take advantage of, you know, Cortland. And that's not just him. It's, it's Peyton. But look, they're in the right position. Um I'm not taking the Russell Wilson MVP thing serious right now, but if he continues it because you have the Browns and then you have the Texans. So if you beat them, and this is on Fox, so it's a nice time slot. A lot of people will be watching. Then the Texans, ooh, six games in a row, beating some real good teams, the Bills, the Vikings, the Browns, the Texans, the Chiefs. Come on, Ashley. How do you feel, though? Because I, I, was, I, was, I went out there. You... Go ahead.
3: No, it's interesting you bring up you're not, when it comes to the MVP conversation, you're not quite there because you haven't seen remnants of danger Russ Wilson as his Twitter handle is. A little bit, and seen a little bit. That seems to be the general consensus, excuse me, consensus on Twitter is that a lot of people watch that game and said, yeah, the Broncos won, but Russ still doesn't look like the Russell Wilson of Seattle Seahawks. Russell right. still doesn't look like the magic man Russell Wilson, but. On the other side of that conversation, he's older. We all know that a quarterback or just an athlete's game in general changes as they get older. Is it fair to expect that version of Russ at this stage in his career?
1: Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Like I'm. 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 Uh, low. Load, I'm loading up all the, all the, all the, all the, um, all the guns. I'm loading them up. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my words. You know, we live in a sensitive time. <laughs> but I, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready right now. Okay. And that, I know that was going to be one of the things for a lot of people, you know, like okay, how do they push back and maintain their position on this Russell Wilson slender? And it's like, oh well, look how he's getting it done. Well, if you check the GPS and you check, you know, just uh, where he's at, he's 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 clocking faster times than he ever has. He's more lean and mm-hmm. and 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 stronger than he ever he's ever been, right? He's throwing True. the ball extremely well. It's just like Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady. There was a time where he was like 38, 39, 40s. Like, how is he still throwing a ball this way? Why is he still he it's like he's getting better? And so I feel the same way with Russ and a lot of these quarterbacks. Um, look, it all comes down to chemistry, Ashley. I know that may be overused. I might overuse it, but he needs chemistry with Sean Payton, two different offenses. Right. Even watching the broadcast, they, they highlighted like Russell Wilson he loves to throw outside the numbers. He loves to take those shots deep. He loves play action. And those big corners, those big uh, pylons, those big overs, those shot plays, those 50 50s you know, that's not that was never Drew Brees. That was never uh, 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 Coach Payton. Coach Payton, they're dinking and dunking and are over the ball right in the middle of the field. So, he needs to build the chemistry with uh, the play caller, which is Sean Payton. They need to figure out how they come together and they can put Russ continue to put Russ in a comfortable position. And then also his wide receivers, like where's Jerry Judy? Love Jerry Judy, but where's Jerry Judy? Cortland Sutton, over the last three, four weeks, have really been turning it on, right? But there needs to be more opportunities for him, more jump balls. So, it's like there's so much more – um, that they need to figure out to get this thing rolling to a point where they're real, real contenders. Offensive line, right? I, I think some of it's on Russ. You know, always creating, trying to figure out uh, uh, how to how to take a bad play and make it good. But the offensive line, they're 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 giving up too much pressure. So um, I like where this team is headed, but Russell Wilson, I, he's I, I never thought he was cooked. I don't think a lot of these guys that we say is cooked, like it's cooked or cooked. I just think it's situation. When you get older and you bounce around your new system and you're playing with new guys, it's hard as hell to recreate that magic. It really is. It really is.
3: Well, I mean, you speak about contenders. and We're looking around the AFC right now. And division leaders, you have the Dolphins leading the AFC West 7-3. and three. You have the Chiefs leading – I'm sorry, the AFC East at 7-3. You have the Chiefs leading AFC West 7-2. and two. The Ravens, eight and three in the North, and then the Jaguars, seven and three in the South. Now, then you look at the second teams right behind them the Bills, six and five. They're trending in the right direction. Broncos, five and five. You have the Browns, seven and three. You have the Steelers, six and four. You have the Texans, six and four. I mean, there's a lot of competition in the AFC for wild card seating. We already kind of know who's going to win the division. I don't think the Broncos are going to knock out. The Chiefs Chiefs. for the AFC West. I don't think so? And I feel like the rest of the divisions outside of maybe the AFC East where it can teeter between the Dolphins and the Bills and honestly even the AFC North considering how the Browns are rolling right now can teeter back and forth between the Ravens and the Browns but I think outside of that you kind of know who's going to walk away as a division leader. Seeing how just the AFC as a conference is playing out do the Broncos make the playoffs?
1: Yes. They make the playoffs, especially right. when Joe Burrow went down. I said, "Holy crap!" Right? Because that's what we always yeah, talk the about. Bengals
3: is, are out of contention.
1: Yeah, you sure. just got to keep. And, and we still don't know, even in that situation, right? Like we don't know uh, how they're going to respond to Joe Burrow uh, coming out because they got a defense. I love their defensive coordinator, and I like their defense, right? And they got playmakers. So you, we we don't know that, but the chances of them being able to maintain and, and hold it together without Joe B. is going to be tough. So when you think about things like that, right? You just never know. Like right? in the same thing with the Steelers, like what's going to happen with the Steelers? Can this offense get on track? Is is are they good enough? So I think the Broncos. Um, I don't even think they back into the playoffs. I think this is a team that I said, like we who are the dark horses? Who are the the two to three teams that come out of nowhere and they're in prime position? I like their. I like the matchup against the Browns. I really do. Is DTR going to come out and, and be phenomenal again? He came in with a lot of momentum, a lot of energy. Can he maintain that against a, a, a thriving uh, Broncos defense? The Texans. It's going to be a really good game. That's a game where we're really going to see who the Broncos are. Right? Like, come on, Russ and the guys. They got to really go make plays from from start to finish. I like them against the Chargers. Uh, the Lions will be another good game, and then you're and then you're playing against the Patriots. And then back against the Chargers and the Raiders, they may, they may lose one more game. That's it. The Broncos lose one more game, and that's it. Mm. They go into the that's playoffs big as big. the hottest, the hottest, the hottest team in football.
3: Well, speaking of the Steelers, let's dive into that a little bit because uh they only scored 10 points in a loss to DTR, the backup quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson for the Cleveland Browns. And Pittsburgh has one of the worst offenses in the league, and that's absolutely mind-blowing considering they're sitting at six and four with the same home record as the Baltimore Ravens and running back Najee Harris is not happy at all he had this to say <clears throat> listen to this there's just a lot of stuff that just goes around that just just, just, just it's just that you guys don't
0: see I'm just, I'm just at a point where it was just like man I'm just, I'm just tired of the shit is it intangible? Mm.
3: Randon I mean Questioning the lack of commitment is is a, that's a big thing. That's a, that's yeah. a big uh, statement to make. Uh, what do you think is going through his mind when he makes these, he made these comments? Because again, it's not like the Steelers, in spite of all of their issues, they still have a winning record. They're still very much in the mix for the playoffs, like I said, at six and four. So what's going through his mind when he says this?
1: Yeah, I, I, I see water cooler talk, right? Small groups. This is what we used to fight. You know, this is what we fight in the locker room. It's like, nah, keep stuff inside, and we got to stay mm-hmm. aligned. We got to stay together. But if you go back a couple of weeks ago, George Pickens felt the same way, not getting targeted, mm-hmm. not really in, in, involved in the offense. And so you look at Najee, sometimes you don't know who the starting running back is. You know, and obviously they he split carries and he split time with the other running back, but it's like... How does he feel being on a struggling offense but then coming in and out of the the lineup, right? So what I see is in in these situations, Ashley, um, when the offense is this bad, right, and it's not like it's not coming from a bad place, but everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to uh, uh, find a solution, So right now it's Monday, so the guys are – it's 12, 30. They probably finished up a workout and watching film. So they may be in the locker room. So you may have guys playing ping pong, some guys in a hot tub, cold tub, some guys in a calf. You know, some guys still may be watching film. And what you'll see is, like, on the defensive side, they're probably good because the defense has been holding them down. On the offensive side, you're going to see guys like, man, what the hell? You see – what happened? Why did he call that play? Or – damn, do you think we need to uh, – is he the guy? Is this really going to be our quarterback? Like, Kenny is – is you know, we were hiring Kenny last year. What happened to him? So that's the talk and the conversation that's happened, and that's when you see teams, you know, really go left. This is a tale right here. This is a team to watch that could potentially go left. When you're talking like this, oh, my goodness. Shit, well, can, you can just I implode. these the
3: two things that I want to address. First and foremost, you know, water cooler, locker room talk. I mean – What does Coach Tomlin do in a situation like this so it's not an issue in the locker room? Because you calling out the commitment Mm -hmm. of the team, yes, it wasn't specific, but it was so general that you could be talking about anybody. You could be referring to anybody. And now you walk into that locker room and guys are looking at you like, oh, you think I'm not here to ball out? You think I'm not taking this seriously? Like, because you don't know who he was referring to. And you don't know how many of them, how many of his peers, his teammates... He was referring to so yep. how does mike tomlin prevent this from being an issue because again six and four is still very yep. much in the mix in the afc
1: oh for sure um you bench him you call him out oh. publicly um you definitely bench him he's already had a conversation with him for sure see this is why mike tomlin has never lost had a losing season okay so Uh, Ashley, Thanksgiving is a couple days away, and I said, and a lot of guys say, post-Thanksgiving is when real football starts. We're in week 11. It's enough football. It's enough anxiety, enough stress. Your body's hurting, right? Your head is hurting. You're trying to figure out all this stuff. The media, you hear all the noise. This player sucked. That player sucked. This team, it's just a lot, and it's hard to articulate it and hard to talk about it. Now we're sitting here. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they come in with a lot of hope. You're playing against the Browns with no Deshaun Watson, which is not like a big thing because he hasn't been playing Mm -hmm. great, you know, or phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But it's like we're playing against this young rookie, a rookie, DTR. Who is this kid? And -hmm. then you lose 13-10. The defense holds up their end of the bargain again. And offense, you can only put up 10. Now it is the best defense in football or close to it. But it's like it's frustrating. So now that water cooler stuff that we just talked about, this is where Coach Tomlin got to be great because <laughs> the the weak coaches and the weak organizations when people when the coach when the players start talking like this, this is a sign that this is not good. We got to fix it. This is when they can go left, Ashley. This is when they can go to a, a Bengals team without Joe Burrow and lose. Kyler Murray in two weeks. Kyler Murray, he the human joystick turned on. They lost, but you know what I'm saying. What can Kyler Murray do there, right? And so, um, this is where Mike T comes in, and you know he already had the conversation with him, um, confident privately, and he's probably going to say something to let everybody know externally. That
3: was that's an extreme jump. You don't think so?
1: No, it's not because you got to think about it. If you don't. You're, if you don't send the right message to him and everybody else in the locker room, this is when you go from six and four to six and six to six and seven. And now you're not, you're not in a strong position. This is where great coaches thrive. This is why Mike T is Mike T. Watch. Mike T is going to say something. He's going to ask, Someone's going to ask him a question today and watch his response. This is where he thrives. The weak coaches, they get up there they're like, ah, ah. And then now everybody in the locker room, they're going to start talking. You know, and then it just it just it just uh, breaks down the integrity of the entire locker room and everything you're trying to do. Um, I think I'm not concerned about this because it's Mike Tomlin, but I am concerned about this offense. I don't think there's there. there, I don't think there's any fixing this offense right now. Like you're a week 12. Well,
3: speaking of the offense, you mentioned something that is possible. Another conversation happening in the locker room, and that's conversation around Kenny Pickett is he capable of being the Steelers franchise quarterback? So with what you have seen so far, and again, not putting all the blame on on Pickett, there's a lot of issues with the offense, the worst in the NFL, so that's not just a singular blame on the quarterback, but from what you have seen in spite of the situation that he is in, is is he the franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers?
1: Ashley, you might not like this. We talked about it before in other scenarios. I just don't I just don't know who Matt Canada is. their offensive coordinator, right? Like we and we we talked about him as well. We looked, we went through, you know, his history and where he was before uh he got here. You know, there's some things in college. I mean, was the offensive coordinator one year for the Steelers then went back to quarterback's coach or whatever. It's like an interesting trajectory, interesting career, but I, I I like he ain't a name that 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 stands out in the league, right? So I say all that because we seen flashes of uh, greatness of or really good play from this kid last year, and even at time there's been a play or two, you know, this year. And so I I don't know I I don't think we can answer that until he has the the right coach, and I don't think they have the right coach because there's no way in hell. Okay, you got Najee Harris, who's who's frustrated. You got mm-hmm. your the that, the receiver. I told you, I said he may he's starting to become my favorite wide receiver, right? So like, how how do we not get this kid going? All you got to do is just drop back, close your eyes, and throw it up to him. It's easy, Coach. Uh, let's go, uh, I write, Let's go, uh, Scat protection, and let's go, uh, all go. I don't care what the defense is, just throw it to him. Just throw it to him. It's that simple. This kid is that good. George Pickens is that good. Three TDs, are you kidding me? 37 receptions? Are you kidding me? What? How? This is unbelievable. I'm looking at his stats now, and I'm, like, getting even frustrated looking at George Pickens? Ashley, Hold on, hold on. Let me stay here for a, qu- for a quick second. Four, rec- four receptions, 38 yards. Oh, my goodness. So, I know it was about the quarterback. I can't – I'm sorry, Ashley. I can't give you an answer on this quarterback until this – this, this, until they have the proper offensive coordinator. And seeing the That's guy – Go ahead.
3: No, that's, that's a fair answer. I mean, like I said, one of the, the worst offense in the NFL isn't just a quarterback issue. It's an overall issue, and that in, in, that includes the offensive coordinator. But we're going to switch gears to another quarterback on the other side of the ball, and that's Dorian Thompson Robinson, who got it done for Cleveland. Wasn't a high-scoring game, 10-13, to 13, but a win is a win. 24 for 43, 165 yards, one interception. Now, the interesting thing about DTR getting it done is is that Cleveland did just sign Joe Flacco as insurance. <laughs> so that's the backup to the backup. Um, but I think the biggest question is, is are the Browns still a threat without Deshaun? Now I, when we had this conversation a few days ago, I said, look, I feel like this team has been winning in spite of Deshaun because he's been so in and out of the roster you did. that this is their norm. It's not like this is a team that has had their quarterback consistently since week one this is all they know now they're scrambling and trying to figure it out they've been doing this all season so this is their norm just being in the roster is not their norm I feel like they're going to be just fine
1: right especially the way the kid played, you know was impressive and um I agree with you Ashley you know I do think that they will be okay I don't have them as contenders um but when you have a defense like that um and a uh, Smart head coach slash offensive coordinator. You 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 you're gonna be able to maintain. Um I was around this kid. Remember when I came back from that seven on seven tournament where I was so impressed with Aaron Rodgers, like, oh my goodness, he threw that right. no look, go ball, blah, 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 blah. Well, he was also there. And um, Will Levis was there, right? Uh Josh Allen was there. There was a like all the Ritter was there, all these quarterbacks was there. And he was one of those guys that impressed me because it was seven on seven. But the way he uh, operated and ran his team, just seven on seven teams teams—just friendly, friendly, right? Nonprofit charity work. But he was so focused on his process. He was so focused on winning. Like he was so impressive to me. So I'm not surprised that he went out there and had success. So. It's going to be fun to watch and see what he does next week. They, it's next week, he have they have the Denver Broncos going against a top defense. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, which he probably will, which he will, Coach Stefanski will put him in position to be successful. He don't need to do much.
3: All right. Well, we're going to switch gears now to a coach that, if he's not on the hot seat, he should be on the hot seat. He's been on my hot seat since this time last Ooh. season, and that's Brandon Staley. Because he got hot after, at a reporter after the Chargers defense once again gets torched in the clutch, this time in Green Bay. Now, Staley was asked about the underperforming defense after the game, and he wasn't pleased. Listen to this.
0: We got to bring this group together and do it consistently. okay? And that's where it's at. So you can stop asking that question. Okay. I'm going to be calling the defenses. Okay. So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again.
1: Mm.
3: And that right there (laughs) there is the problem. Boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. So just stop asking that question. Okay, I'm going to be calling the defenses okay so we're clear. How many times do you have to see that whatever it is that you're doing is not working to realize that maybe you should A, step away from it, or B, you're just not the coach for this team? I have said time and time again, and I said prior to the season starting, that I believe when the Chargers win – it will be in spite of coach Staley. I don't know how he still has a head coaching job for this team. He has shown time and time again, he is not the coach for the talent on this roster. And there's a lot of talent. Nobody can say that this is not a talented football team. Just look at their roster. Look at their quarterback. The fact that they are not in a better position. Yes. There's things that you can go ahead and point out. And and this is shortcomings in the defense shortcomings in the offense. Yes. Yes. A big chunk of it is this guy right here, and I do not understand how many more shortcomings he has to produce for you to say this is not the guy who should be leading this football team. This is not the guy who should be play who should be calling our plays. Right. It is crazy to me that he still has a job.
1: Well, well, Ashley, he can still call the plays because calling the plays put you at the quarter corner cor- coordinator role. And he, he shouldn't was be a, doing that either. No, I, I like him as a coordinator. I think he's a hell of a coordinator. Really good. But I'm 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 with you now. You've been saying it for a year. You've been saying it for a year. Ashley, I don't think he has much longer. I don't know if Dean Span- Spanos, uh the, the owner of the Chargers, uh, fire him, you know, before the year's out, but I just can't see them. Moving forward with him as head coach, another letdown. You ha- he has everything. Like what else do you need? Right. You have uh, an elite quarterback. We paid right. him. You have a hand. You have a handful of wide receivers. We drafted another one. You got a Swiss Army knife at running back, Eckler.
3: Right, Austin Eckler.
1: You got two All Pro defensive ends. You got a all you got a pro bowler safety you got you got two uh good two good corners like what else is what else do you need so I'll be shocked if he's I wouldn't be shocked if he finishes this year out but I will be shocked if he's the coach next year. I don't think I don't know if there's anything he can do to save his job. Like I mean Well, a name that's been
3: thrown in the mix recently. Don't say
1: Josh McDaniels.
3: Bill. No, it's Bill Belichick.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh I know I thought about that. If I'm Bill Belichick, I'm looking at this like interesting. Interesting for sure mm-hmm. because you have that quarterback, the defense. Mm-hmm. Um this is really interesting. Now for Bill, the thing with Bill though is like control. Bill, I don't like, Bill's not just a head coach. Bill's not going to go anywhere where he's not running the whole show. You got to think about how he's been able to build uh the Patriots and have so much success and sustain success. He controls everything. Kraft gets out the way. I don't know how uh, Spanos is. I don't know if he's that guy that wants to be involved in, or if, if he's going to say, we're going to have a traditional general manager, you're just going to be the coach. That wouldn't r- work for Bill Belichick. What will work for Bill Belichick, though, is those guys that he has in that locker room. That's a Super Bowl team with Bill Belichick. And then Do all you the think convers- though, that
3: Bill Belichick still is that much of a control freak at this stage in his career?
1: I don't even think it's a control freak. It's just like it works. I just say that for lack
3: of a better term. Yes, he has do to you be. Think that he really wants at this stage in his career to have his hands in so many different pots. Yes, within the organization.
1: Yes, he he wants to win. He wants to win. Absolutely. Bill does a great job now. Let's not get it twisted. Now, the general managers that he's had and some of the personnel people that he's had is going on and run other organizations. Like they do a hell of a job. Like they're they're really good. But it's Bill's process. Bill has the ultimate say. And that's what it comes down to is Bill having the right people around him that he can trust and then also – and the power to be able to say, no, this is what we're going to do, right? So, yeah, it works for Bill. Why, why – Why him giving that up, it's almost like um, – it's almost like a player, like, trying to change his ways. Like, you can't be, you know – uh, Steph Curry and play the way you play and then all of a sudden say, I'm going to be a traditional point guard. That shit ain't going to work. It ain't going to work for Bill Belichick either. Oh, now I'm just going to focus on coaching? No, absolutely not. But but we also got to understand Bill always had phenomenal people around him. That's what he does. He's, he sees around the corner before everybody else does. What I mean by that situational football, he he took situational football to a whole nother level. He was the first to have somebody in the box tell him, here's the scenario here are the percentages. The percentages says do this, right? So, you know, I see Bill Belichick maintaining that. And uh it'll, this is gonna be an interesting offseason. You think he gets traded? Or you think he gets fired?
3: I think he gets traded.
1: Oh. Uh, or do you think he stays? What's the chances of him staying?
3: Um in New England? No way. Why would he it's a dead end? You know what I mean? There's nothing left for him to do. I think that he's – the writing's on the wall. He sees the writing on the wall. Um, I just think that his tenure in New England has come to an end, but I still think he is still one of the best coaches currently in the NFL right. in the right situation. I just don't think that New England at this point in time is, is any longer the right situation for him.
1: Right, right, right. Um, But we shall see. Listen, I I think Josh McDaniels may be the head coach there. It makes so much sense for them, but it doesn't make sense at all. Like, I I don't know. My gut says like him leaving before he took the the Raiders gig. uh, He was named the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Built the staff. Every like the staff was already there working, watching film, prepping. And then he backed out of it. And I feel like at the last minute, Robert Kraft just said, why? What are you doing? Bill's going to be gone here in a couple years. He may be retiring. He's older. Who knows? Like, you're the predecessor. You know, like familiarity, right? Like, who knows? Like, the Patriot way. He is the Patriot way as well, right? So, Robert Kraft, you go out there and you go bring in somebody else. It's like you got to start all over and build the culture and – you know, realign. I don't know. I can see I can see I can see uh a Josh McDaniels um taking over there and it's it's so it's it's it sounds so crazy.
3: Well we shall see, but we don't need to see is how about them cowboys, because Ooh. Dallas made it look very easy in Carolina against the rebuilding Panthers, as they should have. I mean, let's let's be honest, they should have blown them out, which is exactly what they did. Micah Parsons reminds everybody why he is the most complete defensive player in football in that game. Two and a half sacks to lead the defense that made life miserable for poor Bryce Young. Here's Parsons after the game.
1: It's just all about domination. Uh, Last week they did a great job. Took me out of my game a little bit. And uh, people just felt like I was slowing down and I had to really put that nose to the side. Hmm.
3: All right, listen, over the last couple of weeks, Brandon, Dak Prescott, rightfully so, has gained a lot of steam in the MVP conversation in the race, but is it actually Micah Parsons who deserves MVP consideration? We haven't seen this since, you know, LT, but is it time that we see it again?
1: Where is he at right now? Um, Listen, you know, I'm all for a non-quarterback winning this award. Right. You know, um, I'm trying to figure out. All right, let's see where he's at. Michael Parsons, he's not even top five. Ashley in sacks. Like you got to at least have. I feel like for, for you to be, I, he impacts the game in so many different ways. You you just you just you just uh, stated that he's sitting at ten sacks. I feel right, like
3: so. Can you even just look solely at sacks, considering how many ways he impacts the game?
1: Yeah, I mean you have to have a couple interceptions. It's almost like Jason Taylor when Jason Taylor won it. Jason Taylor won uh, league MVP, I believe it was 2005. It should have been Champ Bailey. This was the first time where, uh, you know, uh, two non-quarterbacks led the led the uh, voting, and it was Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey had like 12, 14 interceptions, and and then you had Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor had a, a bunch of sacks, but he also had like pick sixes, right? And mm-hmm. so when you look at Micah right now. He's definitely all over the place, but he's 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 seventh in sacks. The the league leader is Miles Garrett at thirteen, so he's not far behind because Micah has ten. But then when you look at interceptions, he has no interceptions, right? And when you see that uh, a defense or a defensive guy win it, it's like they're like they're doing weird and wild things in different categories, right? So it's either he has to have 20 plus sacks. No, he has to have like 24 sacks or he has to get like 15 16 sacks, couple picks. You know, he has to dominate that way. So I don't think I don't think this is a real thing. I'm sorry, Ash. I know you're you're standing on the table for your guy.
3: No, I I no, I actually agree with you. I feel like Dak would being in the MVP conversation makes a lot more sense than Micah with that with that being said, I mean, a question that has arose lately is Looking at the make of this Dallas Cowboys team, more important to the Cowboys' success, obviously it's a team sport, but do you go QB1 or do you go the defensive side and look at Micah?
1: As far as MVP?
3: No, on who's more important as we're approaching the final stretch of the season.
1: That's not fair. Who's
3: more important to the success of this football team? Is it Micah in that defense or is it Dak in that offense?
1: That's not fair. It's a team game, Ashley. There's I no agree. I in this team. This is the question
3: that's been asked. Um, one
1: side's always geez, more dominant.
3: It's, it's than all, the other. All, I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, but it's like it's 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 not even when you say more important. It's like, you know, that could do a hell of a job and have his team right where they need to be. And a lot of these games, like 90 percent of these games, are def- uh, are determined by just two or three points. And so now, you know, we're in a 2-minute drive. Game is on the line and then Micah goes and gets a sack, right? Or they're in they finally get to the 35, so they're in position. They're in field goal range. It's 3rd and it's 3rd and 6, right? All they need to do is hand the ball off, you know, uh and 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 just like lose no yardage or maybe have gain one or two yards. Micah disrupts everything and it's a it's a tackle for loss, right? You know, right. or they're sitting on the thirty-seven and they just need they you know, they need to the, they need a few more yards. So they try to throw, you know, a simple pass play and Micah knocks them out of field goal range, right? So like it's hard for me to say that. If I had to pick one, I'm gonna go with the quarterback, right? Because you defensively, you know, you you'll lose you'll lose a lot, but you can overcome that. It's hard to overcome bad quarterback play. It's hard to overcome not having a guy there. That could look 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 at look at the look at the, the the quarterback play around the league. Guys throwing two or three picks, it's over with, right? So, Josh Allen, Josh Allen plays well, Buffalo wins. Josh Allen throws a couple picks, they lose. So, I'll well, go I'll go with I'll go with the quarterback.
3: Let's address the elephant in the room. And that is that any concern, you know, when we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, they've beaten two teams that are contender teams, the Cowboys being one and the Miami Dolphins being the second. You look on the other side of the spectrum, and the Cowboys have had a lot of blowout wins, but against teams that they should be blowing out. Right. And they've fallen short or have gotten completely dismantled by fellow contenders. Are you any concern? That the Cowboys seem to play really, really, really well against the teams that they should beat and struggle against their fellow contenders.
1: No. I mean, when you say struggle, really? they only struggled against one team, Ashley. And that was well, the 49ers, 42 or to fall,
3: 10. Struggle or fall short. Yeah, I like no, no. I short mean, the
1: no, because you lose to the Cardinals. That was an uh, anomaly. An anomaly. Okay. Yeah. You get your butt whooped by the 49ers. 49ers was super hot. Probably the hottest team in football to start the year. So that was week five. And then the Eagles, you play a really good game against the Eagles. The score was closer than than it than actually than the game was, 28 to 23, right? Uh, but they played they played well. But I expected that type of game. You're you you were in Philly. You're in mm-hmm. Philly, right? And so no, I think that the Dallas Cowboys are are should be excited and happy where they're at at this point in the season. And so, you know, they have some they not really Commanders, Seahawks will be tough, and then you have Philly. So these next 3 games will be interesting. You know, Commanders will be hard because it's in division, right? Seahawks are tough, always tough no matter the situation. Um but then when you get back to Philly, that's going to be the game. You got to get that game. You got to split with...
3: Well, that game's in Dallas, so it evens the playing field a little bit. That's right. That All eyes will be on that game that's circled, I feel like, in everybody's calendar, specifically the Dallas Cowboys.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona,
1: la vida mas fina. Get your Corona
0: at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn two percent cash rewards on what you want like season tickets to watch your favorite team and two percent cash rewards on what you need like paying for parking that's the beauty of the active cash credit card it's ready when you are with unlimited two percent cash rewards the Wells Fargo active cash credit card that's real life ready terms apply learn more at wellsfargo.com/ activecash.
3: before we move on and talk some more football you're going on tour soon oh. you want you want to give us some um, some info about what we can expect. The floor is yours.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, I am iconic Russell. I said, Russell Wilson. Am I, am Not I? <laughs> oh
3: my God.
1: Russell Wilson. Did I tell you about Russell Wilson? What did you call it? Brandon's Romance. Broncos bandwagon. <laughs> Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. <laughs> so another quarterback that I never played with. It would have been fun to play with uh Superman and Cam Newton. Um, we're finally partnering up. After two years of just going back and forth on figuring out how we collab and what we can work on, we decided to start with uh, this tour. Uh, there's a few cities that we're starting out with, and then after the Super Bowl, we may have a bigger announcement. Uh, but we're starting with Chicago. And it's so funny because we're always like, we always bring the football conversation into business. And we're like, we got to start fast, right? Like, this this is it. Like, we can't be thinking about the Super Bowl If the first game isn't right, Chicago, we got to get it right. So what to expect, it's our show live. Like Cam's been in his bag uh, the last couple of months. Um, I've been chilling. But, you know, all his interviews, everything that he's been doing and the things that we've done as well in the past, bringing those two worlds together, uh, live food, uh, drinks. There may be a a musical act. So it's going to be fun. So Chicago City Winery Doors open up around 7 o'clock. Get your tickets, and you can find them on either the I Am Athlete um, Instagram link or Iconic Saga Instagram link. So get your tickets, show up.
3: Why Chicago? I mean, Cam obviously has connections to Atlanta, to Charlotte. How'd you win that toss-up and get Chicago?
1: You know, we felt like— we felt like it definitely was a discussion, right? We were going back and forth. It's so funny. Um, and, and That's thing, not
3: neutral. If this was football, that is not a neutral site, sir.
1: I know. It's not a neutral site. But, you know, we're a team. Camp, I like to compete. Cam, you will be in conversation with me. And he would be like, bro, why are you competing? i was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> we had to try to compete in everything. But um, we're a team, so it really didn't matter. But we felt like, you know, Chicago – it's going to be awesome. We had Chicago on our roadmap last year, and there was a, a great engagement with the city. I played there, and we felt like that'd be a great start. But then, you know, whether it's Atlanta, Charlotte, or Miami next, or another city, we felt like we'll we'll be even more ready. Um, not saying that we're not going to give Chicago or all or all, but we know Chicago is going to rock with us, and the Atlanta and Charlotte, like we really got to be ready.
3: All right. Well, listen, what's the first tour date for people who want to go ahead and pull up?
1: So next win, is it next Wednesday? 11-29. Next Wednesday, 11-29 City Winery. Get your tickets. There's a couple more left.
3: All right, guys. Listen, we're going to talk some more football. Big game tonight, the Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs Oof. at Arrowhead. Now, Kansas is a slight two-and-a-half-point favorite. And Brandon, Taylor Swift is expected to be in the building.
0: Yeah. We
3: already know the environment at Arrowhead, and we already know how the Chiefs play with Taylor Swift in the building. So can you see the Eagles, despite all that, pulling out this win?
1: Well, you know, we had this conversation. I believe it was Thursday, and I was like, man, I'm going with Kansas City. They're undefeated when Taylor Swift's in the building. And it's also the Chiefs, right? Um, they're just hard to beat, especially in Arrowhead. It's like a college environment. You know, it, f- it feels like you're playing like at FSU or like at Happy Valley. Um, so it's a dope environment. It's going to be rocking there. But the Eagles get it done tonight. Like, I just think the Whoa. Eagles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the Eagles going to go out there. It's going to be a really good game. But it'll be, it- it'll be a statement made tonight for sure. You got to think like. Listen,
3: as, if you are a Dallas Cowboy fan, obviously you're rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Because every game that the Eagles lose, the benefit is in our favor. I'm obviously rocking with the Chiefs. I don't see they're both coming off bye week, so mm-hmm. we can expect maybe a little bit of rust early on in the in the first in the first half, maybe just the first quarter. Um, it's been about a week and some change since they both played football, which is interesting. Usually, I mean, a game of this caliber, it's interesting that both their bye weeks have lined up like this because. Usually you're playing one team that's in the swing of momentum. They had their bye week earlier right. or their yeah. bye week's like the following week or later. It's interesting. That you have two teams both coming off their bye week, both leading their division, both leading their conferences, going at it. I think that it's a lot more, as much as it pains me to say, I think it's a lot more of an even playing field than people will give it credit for, which explains why Kansas City is only a slight two and a point, two and a half point favorite. But I'm still at home. I'm still rocking in Kansas City. I, I feel like so that's like betting against the Eagles in Philly. So
1: um, both have top five defenses, and both are dangerous on offense. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the edge that KC has is that it's a home game, and that this they really do have home field advantage. That's a real thing. Sometimes when you travel, like For sure. I'm sorry, Ashley, maybe things changed recently, but. Dallas Cowboys, the star, no home field advantage. Nobody. What? N- n- no. Cowboys home-
3: fans travel like crazy.
1: Yeah, but y'all, it's like quiet.
3: No, it's not.
1: Ashley, I'm telling you, the no star. Way. I love playing in Dallas. I'm telling you, it was like no threat in Dallas. What? Like, yes, what? take me to Dallas. I'm going to get good food. The hotel's going to be nice, right? The, the, the environment loved going out there warming up. It was a show. You never knew who was going to be sitting there on the sideline. You're sitting around watching and, you know, paying attention to the architecture and all of that stuff. But, man, especially if you up by a score, man, everybody in there quiet like church mouses. So Kansas City has a real home field advantage. That's a real thing. Um, I would say that they have the better coach for sure, not even in debate, and they have the better quarterback, and they have a superstar in Travis Kelsey, right? So it's like Do a lot of individual. So? It's a lot of individual things, Ashley, but the better team is the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Well, I was
3: going to ask you more offensively complete because yeah, Patrick Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, but offensively, right. one could say that Philadelphia has more weapons. Is that fair?
1: One hundred percent. It's not even close. And it's just like, uh, and it's and it's like how they um I don't want to use the word chemistry again today, but it's like how they all work together too. Uh, you know, you got Smitty on one side, he knows his role, he's a dog, he can go at any time, but he's not he's not getting sad and, and whining when AJ Brown's targeted five, six times in a row, or if he's not getting the rock. He's there waiting on his moment, and that can happen any moment. Right. Swift. Swift is. Whew, Swift playing lights out. Right. So, like. Jalen Jalen has like the easiest job at at the quarterback position, because Jalen just comes back and look at match. I feel like he just sits back. and like, All right. Where's my matchup? Where's my best matchup? Oh, you want to take A.J. Brown out? All right. Out, out of the game. I'm going to Smitty up. You want to take both of those guys out? We'll run a ball. You don't want to put you sure you want to put anybody in the box? OK, sure. We'll go for 200 on the ground. So. They're the better team. Um, You know, they're going to have to overcome the environment. And how you do that, you start fast. Like, you can't come out like the the Jets last night prime example. That's one of the worst feelings when you travel into a hostile environment like Buffalo. Everybody keeps saying Mm -hmm. Buffalo's a hostile environment. In opening kickoff, you fumble the ball. You know how deflating that is, right? So they can't make any mistakes like that. They have to come out. They have to start fast. And they just have to be efficient. They don't have to be great. They just have to be efficient. You do that, and then you get the momentum, it's going to be a wrap.
3: Well, listen, this is obviously a rematch of the Super Bowl. It's also a rematch of the Kelsey Brother Bowl. But the real question is, I think everybody has been kind of playing around with as we see how both conferences unfold. I think it's fair to say that the AFC is a more competitive conference this year um, than the NFC is. I feel like the leaders of the NFC are a lot more a lot further ahead of the pack than everybody else whereas the AFC it's a lot more room for wiggles a lot more room for certain teams to hit their stride and make a run so knowing that which teams you have more likely to get back to the Super Bowl
1: on the AFC and you side You only
3: pick one obviously you could technically pick two there are oh, two oh. different conferences but you could only pick one
1: man uh, only pick one so on the AFC side I was watching a Dolphins game yesterday. I was at ZZ's, Ashley. I was at ZZ's. ZZ's opened up. Um,
3: yes, they your, have the lounge in the back to watch games.
1: You seen it? Have you? Oh, you, you have you seen yeah, it? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. With the Japanese wall of snacks. It's sick.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, there yeah. yesterday. After church, I, I went down there. It's just solo dolo. And I sat there and watched the game. And I, I wish
3: there were more seats, though. Don't you feel like it's a little small?
1: No, it's intimate. I love it. Just...
3: Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, maybe if you know the people in the room, I just feel like I'm kind of oh, close to saying. people that I don't necessarily know. Like, it's not that many seats. It's like 25, 30 seats. Yeah, in there. it's
1: not a, yeah, it's very small. And if it's packed, it'd I can see how I'd be like you, it'd be uncomfortable.
3: It'd be dope if you threw your own, like, watch party. That'd be yeah. a sick vibe. But, like, with people you don't know, it's a little, it's a little close. We'll
1: yeah, close. yeah. But I've only been in there where it's only been like two or three groups, if that. Oh, okay. So, so I, but I can see if it's packed. I can see how yeah, it changes yeah. the experience, but it was dope. I was watching the Dolphins game, and I'm watching the Dolphins game, and I was proud of the the Raiders and how they've been responding. I was low key a little bit, like, man, I want to see this. I want to see the Raiders win a little bit, right? And, and there's no, you know, I, you know, I, I, there's no sides for me, but I just like those stories. And, and but I'm watching this, and it's like, all right, well, the Dolphins have it. Tua, I don't know if I trust Tua, Ashley. He's been playing phenomenal football, but there's been – he could have been picked off four times, four times. This offense has been struggling the last couple of weeks, okay? And I'm watching Tua just, like, make bone-headed decisions, and I'm like, oh, crunch time, you know, whether it's wild card weekend or whatnot, He, I don't think he's going to get it done. I'm sorry, he's not going to get it done. I like what they're doing defense, but I'm saying all that because – you know, I don't the AFC East. I don't see any. I don't see the Dolphins knocking off the Chiefs. I don't see the Buffalo Bills knocking off the Chiefs. Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, if I had to, sw- if I had to pick. Ooh, I I like how Baltimore's playing. I think it's Lamar Jackson's year. I think it is the Baltimore Ravens' year. So, damn, now I'm looking at this. I think the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl quicker than the Chiefs because. I just got to the AFC North. I'm like, ooh, the Baltimore Ravens. There's something about the Baltimore Ravens right now, Ashley. I'm telling you.
3: So you're putting your money more on the Eagles to make it back.
1: Yeah, I'm putting my money on the Eagles right now, but obviously that's going to be tough as well. You know, you got the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys are the two teams that I think that can really challenge the Eagles. Everybody else, I ain't convinced. But, man... Well, we
3: shall see. Listen, that game kicks off around 8, 8.25 today. It's going to be a crazy one. You definitely don't want to miss that. You and uh, b Flow have a bet. If oh. Kansas City wins, you have to sing a Taylor Swift song. And if Philly wins... No, sorry. If Kansas City wins, yeah, you have to sing a Taylor Swift song. And if Philly wins, he has to rap a Meek Mill song of your choosing. Remember that bet?
1: Yeah. I got to find a Meek Mill song that wasn't good.
3: <laughs> Give him the give him the collab with Nicki Minaj.
1: <laughs> what was that one? I forgot they that dated was, uh, too.
3: All eyes all eyes on us or something like that. It was like when they were in a relationship. So it was like a lovey-dovey Dang. rap song. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: I forgot about that relationship.
3: Yeah. How could you forget? I know. Rick Ross called her out and said I told Meek not to get with her. Da da da. It was it was crazy. All
1: right. Let me see Meek Mills. Let's go to
3: Listen, before we dive into some Chicago football news, we have some breaking news from Adam Schefter. A new quarterback will start in New York. The Jets have announced that they will start QB Tim Boyle versus the Dolphins on Friday, the Black Friday game. They have officially benched Zach Wilson. Brandon, thoughts?
1: Not surprised at all. You know, I didn't see the bill Belichick move where you know bill will bench his quarterback in the middle of a game whether it was going back to cam Newton days um and even now with um Mac Jones like bench the guy and then come back and start him the next week I didn't see that what I do see is if this kid goes out there and he flops like what do you do do you know do you then go back to a Zach Wilson so I'm not surprised that they're going with him moving forward you know you're sitting here and you're going the other way you're pretty much you can say you're not out of it because mathematically there's a you know most of the teams are still in it but you gotta you gotta do something you gotta do something and we'll see what this kid has I'm just glad that they didn't go with the other kid what was the um the one um let me go to the the Jets right now Ashley what's the name I mean serious question Trevor Simeon I'm glad they didn't go with Trevor because that was the thing. It was well, like, come on, 31, and we know who Trevor is.
3: Serious Tim's question, though. Um, you know, Jets fans are saying this. Jets media is saying this. Yeah, Zach benching Zach Wilson was the only answer, so they're not pushing back on that. But Tim Boyle, from what is being said, is not a drastic improvement. So exactly what is it that the Jets are looking or hoping will happen? Because statistically, not a drastic improvement. IQ wise, not a drastic improvement. I mean,
1: spark. What? Spark. That's it. It's like Josh McDaniels gets fired, right? Now the Raiders, they win two games in a row. They should have won three games in a row, right? Playing really good ball. That's spark. Um, the same thing with uh, the you know DTR in Cleveland. Like obviously the the Browns, they they they've been on track, but you know this guy comes in with energy. It's like. Oh my goodness! This is my opportunity to become a starter and start my career in the NFL. Tell everybody I'm here. Same thing with Tim Boyle. Like Tim Boyle is like, you know, you he, although he's 29, and he's had a couple of opportunities. He, you don't think he's sitting there and like, oh, this is my opportunity to prove to the NFL that that coach was wrong or that offense didn't fit or I'm smarter now. I'm you know quarterbacks when you get older, you 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 you. you it's, it's 80% mental. So when you get older, if you have the IQ, you have a chance to be efficient because all you got to do is make the right decision, right? Can I come out? Can I identify? What am I identifying? How quickly can I identify what coverage they're in? What front they're throwing at us? What are they doing? And from there, get, get to my first read as quickly as possible, seeing if that's there, if not getting to my second, my third read, and just staying uh, uh, efficient with that. Um, Josh McCown was a guy. Josh McCown, he had his best year when he was 37. I'm talking about a journeyman, backup quarterback. And then he goes out there at 30. He was a high school football coach. The Chicago Bears got him off the, you know, out of the cafeteria, high school cafeteria, Ashley. Then he comes in mm-hmm. and he goes and and, and, and and goes on this crazy run to the point where he gets paid by the Jets. Then he gets paid by the the, the Texans, I believe. Or the, the, the Buccaneers. It's like you go from making a teacher's salary to now having two $24 million contracts. So I say all that to say that Tim Boyle, right, sitting there at 29, it's like, oh, the game has slowed down for me. I've sat on the side. I've held the clipboard, right? This is my moment to go out there to show them that I can, you know, run this offense. So that's going to be spark, Right. If he goes out there and he's nervous and he's scared, he's going like the Tim Boyle we've seen over the last five years or so. If he goes out there and he's excited, he's done the work, they probably get a little spark. And then everybody else around, too, they're watching. They're like, all right, cool. Maybe this is the guy. It's like, you're hopeful. It's like, all right, can Tim come give us the spark? Right? So you're excited. You're not no longer walking into the facility or walking into the game like, man, same old damn Zach Wilson. You know what I'm saying? That's the energy around Zach. Mm. Like, oh, that's Zach mm. Wilson. Right now, at least you're like, it's an anticipation, a little anxiety. Like, Tim Boy, what are you going to do? So that's a good 14.
3: Well, listen, when we talk about energy and quarterback situations, we got to talk about what's going on in Chicago because Justin Fields did absolutely everything he could to help the Bears get an upset in Detroit. But – the Lions came up with a last-second score to avoid the loss. Fields ran for over 100 yards and looked like the QB that some thought he would be um, an MVP candidate this season, you know, prior to the injury. So first and foremost, how are we feeling about Fields after this performance? That's the first question. And then there's a bunch of follow-ups that I want to ask.
1: Yeah, I like Justin Fields. And there's talk that uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, uh, could potentially be on the, at the top of their list. Um, and, and, and that matchup, remember, uh, Jim Harbaugh and, uh, Kaepernick, what they were able to do, you know, he's always mm-hmm. good with those quarterbacks that can do both. And that's how Fields got it done yesterday, right? Like he beat you a different way before he was injured. Ashley, he was getting it done through the air. He showed us the same Justin Fields from last year. Remember he went over, what was it? A thousand yards were over a thousand yards rushing last year. Something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I didn't think he played the best game in the pocket but everything else was phenomenal um so again it did it depends on how the rest of this year uh pans out for the bears will determine what they do at the quarterback position they if they're sitting top of the draft and they really like a quarterback I can see them making some making something shake there, but that has no knock on Justin Fields cuz I you know how I feel about Justin Fields. Justin Fields mm-hmm. in the right situation is a superstar in this league. I love Justin Fields. So, mm-hmm. you know, what a weird game though. How the hell did the Lions overcome all of those turnovers? Like I'm sitting here trying to pay it was attention. A lot. Yeah, it's like what? They got it done. They found a way, man, but the the Bears definitely Missed a huge opportunity. So, Justin Fields, 16 for 23, 169 yards through the air. And obviously, uh, Ashley on the ground, he had 18 18 carries, 104 yards. That is ridiculous.
3: That is ridiculous. let's talk about the quarterback situation in Chicago. It's been a very tumultuous relationship between Justin Fields and the Chicago organization. I've said this time and time again. I think they're one of the worst-run organizations in the NFL. I think they're one of the worst at developing the quarterback position. I feel like history shows that. But let's say in a perfect world, Chicago does well enough record-wise where they're like, okay, there's a future here with Justin Fields. Because let's be honest, the future is Justin Fields. There's really nothing left there to build upon. Like He is the building block. He's building block number one for whatever the Chicago Bears are trying to create over there. Even if the Bears want to keep him, if I'm Justin Fields, I feel like it's been years, I'm not perfect, yeah, but this situation is not good for everything that I can do, I want out. Do you see Justin Fields forcing, or should Justin Fields force his way out, even if the Bears want to keep him?
1: That's a boss move, Ashley, Like, and we don't do this a lot as players, right? LeBron was one of the first that, like— like really take control of his whole process. And, well, at least for me, sitting back watching LeBron go through that, I think that was at 2010, and he was looking at, you know, everything. You know, who am I playing with? Who's the coach? Who's the general manager? What city am I living in? You know, I want my money and I want an opportunity to win. And so those are boss moves. A lot of times the quarterbacks, like the Peyton Mannings of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world, they're the ones that think like that, but they don't have to think like that a lot because – you know, when you have a guy like that, they're not going anywhere. So I think Justin Fields he has he he has an opportunity to sit back and be a part of the process with the 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 Bears. And it's like who what are we doing? Because I like I like uh, I like the general manager. I really like what he's doing. I think that's a great fit for this organization. That I agree is not is not well run. I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like they're too emotional when it comes to certain things. They listen to the fans too much. And then it's like, no, you got to put your plan in place and stick to your plan. Um, but Justin can be a part, he needs to be a part of that process. Like who are we bringing in at the head coach position? If we make a change there offensively, you know, we got to create this together. Like I want to be Feel comfortable anytime a quarterback's in his head the way he was at the beginning of the year. You're going to get bad results. um And if that doesn't go well, actually, because that's a dope city. If he can win there, oh my goodness! Like I love Chicago, my man. If he wins there, whoo unbelievable. Well, we, but we, but if he doesn't,
3: time insanity. The ahead. definition of insanity is what doing the same thing expecting different results. We've seen coach changes. We've seen personnel changes. We've seen changes happen and it's still not conducive to helping Justin Fields take his career, his talent to the next level. So if you're Justin Fields, does any of that even matter at this point? Or do you feel like, listen, it's been four or five years, the situation's not working. I'm not getting any younger. My body's not getting any younger. How much longer do I have to wait in this situation for it to not work? That's no different than what Dame did with Portland. Dame should have left Portland years ago and mm-hmm. had he left he may not have to have gone to milwaukee right but he stayed and trusted the process and and hoped it would work and ultimately it still didn't work a lot of people are like bro the writing was on the wall years ago why didn't you read it and now you're in a situation where yes you're in a contender but it's not necessarily the city that you wanted to be in so if you're justin field you're still under 30 do you even want to go ahead and take that gamble at this stage in your career.
1: Yeah, Chicago would be dope for, for him. They just, like manage management, they have to get management right, and I feel like they got management right. Now they got to get coaching right, okay? And and, and I don't, I'm not in that, in that organization anymore. I'm not there, so I don't know how he's running it, right? I just know they're not successful. And so, mm-hmm. if I'm Justin Fields, and I'm a part of the process, you have to be a part of the process. So you put your team together, you have your, your your agent you might have an advisor right and all of you guys are part of the process and you feel comfortable about that you could become with joe burrow and i'm not putting him in the category of joe burrow but like joe burrow going into that organization turn that organization around in less than 12 months it's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous right look at what uh, cj stroud is doing in texas right get with uh ryan Hell of a guy, hell of a coach, and now all of a sudden this organization is sitting at six and four. When some of us would have thought that they would probably be sitting here with two wins at this point of the year. So the right situ, the right coach, with him, and and with their the moves they already made on that roster, they're in prime position. Now, well, if you're, you're if you you're don't feel good about, about that process, then then actually I'm thinking just like you're thinking, like I ain't got time to waste. Let's go ahead and move on. So I think he has he has both options on the table for him.
3: Well, let's talk about personality, right? Because when we were talking about the Saquon situation, what was one thing you said that prevented Saquon from kind of bossing up? It's not in his character. It's not his personality. Right. Is it Justin's personality?
1: I don't know Justin like that. Um, but I know uh, of his agent who... I think they're smart and they're wise. And it doesn't have to be this. This situation doesn't have to be messy. This could be just him handling his business saying this is just not working. You know, and he don't even have to say much. He can let his representation do that. This is not about a contract. This is just about fit. Like, you guys don't like me. I'm starting not to like y'all, right? Like, I don't even know if they – they might like him. Who knows? Like, we're not in that building, right? But it just seems like people feel like they're ready to move on. I haven't heard the owner – like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, the owners, the McCaskey should have came out and said, no, Justin Fields our guy. We're not moving on. Have, have they said that yet? Like, that's the type of stuff I would want if I'm Justin Fields. This is my guy.
3: Yeah, they haven't said anything about the quarterback position, so.
1: Right. So, like, you know – um, I don't think it has to get messy, Ashley. I like Justin Fields. I think that uh they they should they should find and, and it might not even be the coach too. It might just be the offensive coordinator. I know he's a offense I think it was no. Yeah, he, it might just be the offensive coordinator. Just get the offense right. I like the moves that they've been making. I like it.
3: Well listen, all eyes will be on Chicago, but all eyes were on the New Jersey football giants because Tommy DeVito out from his parents' basement nearby in the stadium had an incredible game despite being sacked nine times what? he threw three touchdown passes and the Giants shocked the commanders in Washington Brandon Tommy DeVito like I said he was chilling in his parents basement in East Rutherford New Jersey minding his business gets the call to be the new starting quarterback of the Giants after Daniel Dimes Daniel Jones, whatever you want to call him, has an injury and goes down, and he wins on the road. I mean, are you impressed by this? I am. I know I, the guys the producers are, are, are Giants fans. They're they're in my face waving like they're not like two and eight, <laughs> but I digress. Like,
1: right? There's,
3: congratulations! You beat the Commanders <laughs> to win two more games. Like, right?
1: Uh. Listen, it's a it's a great story for him. You know, and, you know, having moments like this gives you the opportunity to play in the league for a couple of years. Maybe, hell, backup quarterback 10 years, right? Like, going out there, uh, having some success um, gives you that type of momentum, right? And so, it's it's a good story for him. But at the end of the day, you know, there's two sorry teams going against each other. And Mm -hmm. one sorry team beat another sorry team. I'm glad you uh, I said think, that. Say that again. Yeah, one sorry team beat another sorry team. Sorry Wu. Yeah. Sorry BC. Uh I think the bigger story out of this game is like, yeah, Ron Rivera is out of there probably. I think that's the I think that's the takeaway is like, yeah, Ron, it's time to move on. And I love Ron. I think Ron's a great I th- <laughs> Why you don't like Ron because he's the Commanders like Commanders no, never threat. threat.
3: BC's putting up oh. <laughs> a victory Monday photo for the Giants. Like I care. Why? Yeah. <laughs>
1: See, that's the problem. Y'all sitting here, see, 3-8 and eight, winning a game like that, I'm still pissed off after in the locker room sitting here. Sorry-ass team, sorry-ass season. They
3: exist in mediocrity. That's where they exist.
1: Right, like even when you're in these situations, you go out, there's fun. You know, it definitely takes pressure off. What people don't understand, right, like the tension and pressure in a losing mm-hmm. locker room during a season is so toxic, so unbelievable. And when the Giants right now, like, they're going from nobody talking, you know, everybody pissed off, your body, you know, it feels like it hurts more because you just lost, to now they're in there, they got music blasting in the locker room, dudes playing ping pong or uh, playing some type of game, in other games in the locker room, dudes playing cards, Right, coaches is smiling, happy. It just gives you like a space to breathe a little bit, and and so that's the coolest thing. As I like think about like you know both scenarios, and now you go uh, to Virginia where the Commanders uh, their facilities are, everybody's walking around like who's about to be fired. Mm-hmm. It's like quiet. It's tension, right? People talking about behind talking behind each other's back. Is, is mm-hmm. this the week that Ron get let go? Is Ma- oh Magic Johnson just walked you in? you
3: think that's next up? Do you think that Ron Rivera loses that job?
1: Yeah, I think he loses the job, but I I think that they let him finish. And let's say it depends. Like you don't know. I mean, like man, there's some high level strategy and 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 you know thinking going on in some of these organizations. Like this new owner, does he go out there and make a statement? One of the things he always talks about is, you know, we have to get, we have to, we have to do right by our fan base, right? And he's always putting the fan base there, Uh, putting the fan base first. So. Is that a statement? Firing a Ron Rivera and showing him, like, we're not going to uh, put up with losing here. We're going to start fresh. We're going to get a hit, start on our coaching process, coaching our hiring process. Can he do that? Or is he going to say, you know what, Ron Rivera is well-respected and he deserves to finish out the year? Like, who knows? But I don't think he's going to be there next year. I don't see how you go into the – you have an opportunity to start fresh. New ownership, yeah. right? Let's start fresh.
3: Well, listen, all eyes will continue to be on the Commanders, maybe not for wins, but for what happens with the organization. And speaking of an organization that had a little bit of a rough patch, but it seems to be able to figure it out, the Niners. They look fine against their win against the Bucs over the weekend, and Brock Purdy with was the first perfect. perfect passer rating for San Francisco since Joe Montana. He threw for three TD passes. I mean, Brandon, the Niners... Went through a little bit of a rough patch, so much so that Beef Flow took a prod- took Purdy out of his top ten. I mean, right? Are things clicking on all cylinders once again for for the Niners? Yeah, I mean,
1: why why were we panicking? And then also why was like really like questioning, you know, Brock Purdy? Like, man, there was nothing that he did leading up to that those two games. Where it was like, we should question them the way we did. This is mm-hmm. the best way you respond to that type of adversity. And again, I go back, right? When we're looking at the Zach Wilsons of the world, the Josh Allens of the world, and I'm sorry, I know we're just audio only today, so you guys can't see my face. But it's like, had, did you ever Ashley, see Brock Purdy look like Josh Allen or Zach Wilson on the sideline? ever during that time three it was actually three games did you ever see uh Brock Purdy look like he was weak or just like giving into the pressure
3: I can't recall
1: yeah I know yeah right because we yeah but the answer is probably no right and that's and I say that because when you when you have and it's tough I'm not saying like they don't feel it I'm not saying that it's easy what I'm saying is you got to have the, the fortitude to be able to deal with all of that pressure and, and all the, everybody talking about you. Think about it. This is a young kid who was Mr. Irrelevant, and you got the Shannon Sharps of the world. You got the Ryan Clarks of the world. You got the uh, Colin Cowherds of the world. And I don't know where everybody stood. Who knows what was ha- what was being said in, in FS1 with Shady and Acho uh, and Joy Taylors of the world and the Skip Baylesses and the Michael Irvins of the world. But you got all of these dogs talking about you in, in that way do you understand what it takes to just stay keep your confidence and your self-esteem high do you understand mm-hmm. what it takes hmm right and so you do it and then you have then you bounce back like this this is championship-ish but now you turn on TV everybody's saying well uh this guy's uh is back Trent the left tackles back uh McCaffrey is back on track and uh Debo Samuels is now back no man. He's showing you who he is. There should be no more doubt about Brock Purdy. And it's not even a conversation about is he the best quarterback? Is he elite? This, I don't know about all of that. What I know is what I do know is he's a he's a face of the San He's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers for here, for today and here mm. to come. So I love seeing them bounce back. And um I'm not questioning the 49ers, you know, but there is something off about this team. I I I I have them third in the NFC. I have. So
3: with that, do you trust Brock Purdy to take them to the Niners? Take the Niners to another deep playoff run?
1: Yes, yes, I do trust. I trust Brock Purdy. I trust Brock Purdy. I I, I, listen. Sometimes I'm wrong, but it's a gut thing, Ashley. You know it's like that. It's like your woman's intuition. You walk in certain situations, you're like, ah, this just don't feel right. Boom, five five weeks later, five months later, it's like, damn, that I felt that, you know. You got that a little bit in in, in ball. Like, you see it, dude, you won't even get on the court yet. The way he put on his socks, put on his sneakers, the way they dress, it's like, yeah, it's something about them. And then all of a sudden you see him take that first shot or throw that first pass, hit that first ball. It's like, ah, this is – he different. Right. Even just, like, body language is everything. Like, body language can tell, tell a whole story. So I was high on Brock Purdy from when he threw his first touchdown. He ran back to the sideline, jumped up, did his little kick, and then did his little fist pump. I said, oh, this this, – he he bigger than this situation. Brock Purdy, him.
3: Well, well, listen, all eyes obviously will continue to be on the 49ers as the race for the NFC continues. But speaking of the NFC, history was made yesterday finally – Jerry Jones went on the Fox broadcast, the game, the network that was broadcasting the Cowboys game against the Carolina Panthers and him and Jimmy Johnson had a really nice conversation. They walked in together, which Hmm. for Cowboys fans was very nostalgic and a long time coming, but what really set them over the edge is that Jimmy Johnson will officially be inducted into the Cowboys ring of honor on December 30th which is the same game that Troy Aikman will be in the booth broadcasting. Brandon, this is a long time coming. As we know, there's been rumors for years that the two had beef, that Jimmy wasn't planning on putting him in the ring of honor, that things went sour after Jimmy was fired from the Dallas Cowboys or left the Dallas Cowboys, depending on who you ask. Um, after their historic, historic run in the '90s, I mean, what do you make of Jerry finally burying the hatchet, if there was one, and giving Jimmy what he is rightfully owed?
1: It's a beautiful thing, you know. And you know, when you get when you're 100 years of age, you know things change. Oh my God!
3: <laughs>
1: As you think about it, it's like almost when you're in your deathbed. It's like, and I'm not saying this, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like when you're older, it's just like, man. You got to let some shit go, you know, and as he's probably sitting there like I was young and dumb. We both made mistakes. Let's forgive and move forward because you're showing your pettiness. Like, how does this dude lead you to all those uh, uh, Super Bowls, help you get all those rings and you don't acknowledge him? So mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Um, but I think it's kind of whack that it took this long. I'm okay with it happening, shit happens, but for it to take this long is a problem. Like, come on, they could have did this. If you
3: had to pick one of the teams that you played for, one of the mm-hmm. organizations, uh, to be inducted into that ring of honor, you could only get one. Jets. Like, which team would you pick? Jets,
1: like, Jet- what are you talking about? Huh?
3: Over Chicago or Denver? Yeah,
1: because because the Jets was my what? favorite football experience. Like, it was fun. You know, having Ryan Fitzpatrick lead the way and going out there playing at a high level, you know, it was in the city... It was everything. It was everything, Ashley. The organization, Woody. How Woody still treats me phenomenal, right? Like I can call Woody right now; he'll answer. I call the security, like, "Hey, I need somebody to come to my house in Florida and do a grounds check." All right, B, we're gonna find security down there, right? Like they—it's just a well-run organization, you know. Coming in, and it's like. You know, hey, B, what do you need? We're going to order you this because, you know, we don't have it. And it's like, all right, well, here's my credit card. No, what are you talking about? We got it. No, I just my experience in New York was phenomenal uh, inside uh, the building and also in the city. I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Tribeca and I still get major love in the city. And so it's that like Chicago the, the the thing with Chicago, Ashley, so I'm de- drafted to Denver Bronx. You would think the Denver Bronx, but I have no relationship really with the Denver Bronx like that. I still you know, know the people that's running the organization. Ellis, before they sold a team to who's running the team, Mr. B-Pass. So Mr. Ellis was uh-huh. running it. Um, but then they sold to the Walmart family. What do they call The Walton family. The and Walton so, did, yeah. you know, I had a relationship there and I still have a relationship with the guys that's running like the grounds and the equipment and all of that. But I don't stay in contact with them. I barely get back. Um, Chicago, Chicago was beautiful. Like Chicago was everything, but everything imploded that last year, you know, Jay Cutler and I like, you know, they paid all of us. And then we start having like some real accountability, like type conversations. And we never had those type of conversations. Everybody else in the organization was feeling it and saying certain things, but I'd be the only one that was, was had the relationship to sit down with him and talk to him about certain things or even call him out. And that just that just went totally left. And in retrospect, there's probably a time or two where you know in practice, you know, I could have just like played the game, but like if he threw the ball in the dirt and was acting like an asshole, I would just go on the sideline and sit down. Like, well, you tell me when you're ready to practice because I ain't gonna run this route 20 miles per hour freaking stop mm-hmm. on a dime now my ankles and my knees hurt and you intentionally throwing it in the dirt you out your mind boy <laughs> yeah that's how i'll be talking to ashley i'll say that in front of the whole team <laughs> so so, anything, so would you everything say, so you ahead. say that
3: jets version of you was the best football version of you because some people would argue it was denver you or chicago you
1: it's like different it's like a it's like a wine ashley it's, it's so weird it's like Because, like, Denver, I was just a monster. I was a beast. It was, like, just, like, man, physically, the stuff that I was doing, I was, like, and and then, like, my mindset, like, I was still angry. You know, I was playing with a lot of anger, a lot of rage. You know what I mean? Everything was so personal to me. And so when I went on the field, like, you know, the stiff arms that I would do, I was, like, trying to take a dude's helmet off, crack backs, all of that. And then also from a football IQ standpoint, like I was very – like I was great uh, football IQ when it comes to the X's and O's. Like this is where I'm supposed to be. But I didn't know the why behind these things. Like, oh, shit, it's cover two. Coach Shanahan just called Arrow. Instead of going in between the numbers and the hash, let me go to the, to, to the top of the number because this DB is going to expand. That didn't come until I got back to Chicago. Dolphins all in my head you know, I wouldn't say pressure, but just signed this big deal. And the Dolphin fan base was like weird, really weird. And so get to Chicago, Jay and I, we, we connect and he's like, let's put the band back together. Literally had that type of conversation and we do it. And physically it, it was like, I mastered my craft in Chicago, like the top mm. of my routes. Oh, here's my trigger step. So I'm five five yards away from the top of my route, so now I'm going to throw this right foot this way, and then I'm going to t- put my hips here so I can get out of my top of my route cleaner. So it was like mastery there and physically still crazy gifted, but mentally that's where I really learned how to watch film and break down stuff, and it just went to a whole nother level. Even red zone, like, you know, I, was, I start being a part of, like, implementing strategy and offense and plays, so – that was that. And then the Jets, I still was crazy uh, physically. You know, you can see it. But, m- like, my mental was on a whole nother game. I was beating guys at 50 60%. Like, when I say 50%, 50, 60%, like, I was still, like, a dog and I still was healthy and all of that. But I didn't even have to – I didn't have to exert a lot of energy because I would go out there and be like – This dude's about to go into bail technique, so I don't have to waste any movement at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to run out here to the left, get into his blind spot, break off at 15 yards. He's going to be still running. He's not going to be able to find me, and then it's going to be a wide-open catch, right? It was just, like, that easy for me. And then I was working with a quarterback who thought the same way and actually listened. And so that's why we had a legendary uh, run.
3: Well, listen—you heard it here first. Jets, give him a call. He's the only Ring of Honor he wants to be in. Oh, yeah, so was Ring of we'll,
1: Honor. We'll,
3: ah. So, we'll, oh, we'll Ring of
1: Honor—I should be in all of them. Ashley, oh, I went God. on this whole spiel. Thank mean... you for letting me go down memory lane. But oh, Ring of Honor—I'm the best wide receiver ever, Denver Bronco in Denver Bronco history. Sorry, Rod Smith. Rest in peace, baby. But Brandon Marshall best wide receiver in Denver Broncos history. Then you go to the Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill just took that. But I that that stay wasn't long enough. Chicago Bears, it's not even a debate. The Jets is not even right. a debate. It's not even a the debate. The 3 so, Ring of Honors. Yes. Denver Broncos.
3: That'd be, sick, That'd be sick actually. Has that ever been done?
1: I don't think so. Like cuz Deion, he w- he went into the Falcons Ring of Honor. And and you you I would think that I
3: think he went into Cowboys too.
1: You think? I don't know. Let's let's look it up real quick. Let me look it up.
3: I mean, I feel like he did.
1: Deion maybe, Sanders. or
3: maybe I imagine that.
1: But yeah, I think that like because you know I'm looking at the statistics. I'm looking at those those records. You know, you walk into the Jets, you're gonna see Brandon Marshall all time this, all time this, all time that. If Devontae Adams yeah. go there next year, you think he breaks my Jets records?
3: Mm, maybe
1: Deion Sanders ring of honor let's see he said this is 2000 Dion centers i don't deserve to be in cowboys oh. ring of honor he said that i
3: feel like he why did i feel like he was in it that's crazy well listen if jimmy can do it then i feel like Dion. there's room for Dion too but before we go ahead and close out the show today we're gonna revisit the eagles and chiefs they match up The Super Bowl rematch, rather, is tonight at 8.15-ish. Brandon, let's go ahead and some rapid-fire questions real quick. Okay. Who should the Eagles be most worried about in the NFC? Give me a team.
1: The Cowboys.
3: Ooh, I like that. Okay. Who should the Chiefs be most worried about in the AFC?
1: The Ravens.
3: All right. And then who wins tonight and by how much?
1: The Eagles win by six points
3: six points
1: yeah <laughs> six points
3: that's a big that's a big statement right there we shall see that game kicks off like i said around 8 15 tonight it's a rematch of super bowl of the super bowl and also a rematch of the kelsey's brother bowl so that's going to be cool to see once again here's a little secret. Um, it all secret. goes down in kansas city at arrowhead
1: here's a little secret i wonder
3: Ashley. what i wonder what jersey mama kelsey will be wearing or she does the split version again
1: Mm, that's going to be cool. She's
3: definitely going to be sitting with Taylor. I know. I'm... Oh, no, but I feel like Jason. Kelsey's wife will be in the same booth. That booth's going to be awkward. Sweet, Very right? Awkward. When they're cheering for opposite players, and then That's didn't you say, and then
1: you say they're meeting. The the families are meeting for the first time too. That's that what the, the report Swifties?
3: said. I can't confirm or deny that. I'm not in their inner circle, but that is what the report said. That this will be the first time the families are hanging out at one of the games. Very awkward. We shall see, because you know the ESPN broadcast will pan to it about seventy five thousand times. So
1: over under how many we'll times they ter- show than later. Taylor Swift tonight? Uh, 10 over or under you taking a what are you taking
3: oh i'm taking the over
1: i'm taking the under she'll she'll be shown yeah, seven sure. times tonight
3: is this thing wait does this include pregame
1: oh yes
3: oh then definitely the over what <laughs> for sure
1: <laughs> yo for sure they showed the her more than 10 times that's gonna be crazy
3: yeah for sure the over Brandon, before we go ahead and close out the show one more time, go ahead and tease this upcoming I Am Iconic tour.
1: Chicago, myself, Mr. Superman, Cam Newton, excuse me, will be there, 11-29 at the City Winery. Make sure you get your tickets. It's going to be an intimate experience. We're only opening up for around 350 folks. There's going to be dinner. There's going to be wine. There's going to be some drinks, and there's going to be potentially a dope, dope performance from one of Chicago's legends. We Ooh, will see.
3: Can we take guesses on who it will be?
1: Not yet. Is it Not a yet. new
3: legend or an old legend?
1: Not yet. Next week. Next week, Monday. Let's talk oh. about this next Monday.
3: I feel like I'm I feel like I have a feeling on who it could be. Are you and Cam gonna color coordinate? How's the how what's the styling gonna look like?
1: Yeah, so so the theme is yin yang, like we're we there's a lot of synergy from a wellness standpoint and then even from a mindset standpoint, but everything else is like we're total opposite. Um, and so the theme is yin yang. Uh I'm in a different space from a fashion standpoint than he is, but we're trying to figure that out right now. Cam wants to I'll give it I'll give it away a little bit. He wants like rat pack. Rat pack is like suited and mm. booted. And I ain't really been in my suited and booted game in a minute, like really since I since 2019, you know? So we'll see if I come suited and booted, but definitely, you know, I'm I know I'm going to be comfy whatever I do. So. Well, listen, but I was guys, at I, I was at Ralph Lauren and- yesterday. I went to Ralph Lauren Ralph Lauren had a dope like a dope little uh piece that I like. Um I went in Tom Ford, Tom Ford got some nice stuff in there, but it was more like you need to go in there Ashley. Tom Ford got some amazing women dresses right now.
3: Oh, for sure. I know for I know.
1: And all, yeah, listen. but but like they're in their bag right now. You know who else I was in there? I, I don't know why I enjoy this. Like, when I go into these places, like, I, I love a dope dress for a lady. And, like, I just love shopping for a lady. But uh, uh, Ralph Lauren has some amazing dresses, uh, Ashley. Yeah, so they go, had a
3: really dope season uh, showing at New York Fashion Week. So
1: Go in there. Miami yeah. Design, go in there. There's going to be some dresses you probably really like. But make sure that you're, you got the big checkbook because them things like 4000 5000 <laughs> It's not cheap. <too> <laughs> right.
3: Listen, guys. Eleven twenty nine. Check out Brandon and Cam Newton socials on how you can go ahead and purchase tickets, Chicago city winery. You don't want to miss it. And that is it for the Monday edition of the show for everyone here at series XM faction talk. One Oh three. We thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow. Bye guys. Yo.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards.